Music increases dopamine in the nucleus accumbens, similar to cocaine. It's like a drug. Wait, it is a drug. (laughs) That first sentence is a quote directly from neuroscientist Kimonobu Sugaya, a UCF professor who taught the course Music and the Brain. And it goes into this startling detail about the emotional, chemical power of music and why we're so affected by it. Did you know that music affects a dozen different sections of your brain? And that goosebump shivers down your spine moment? Send shivers down my spine. (laughs) I had to do it. I know, this is not a queen deep dive, but they're always in there. That moment, that feeling, it's all thanks to the amygdala, that tiny part of your brain right in the middle. It's this tiny section of the brain. It processes and triggers emotion. The cerebellum coordinates movement and physical memory. This is the stuff that never leaves you. Even if you lose your memories of people, even people who have Alzheimer's and don't remember even those closest to them. The cerebellum retains memories. It's like muscle memory, physical memory, movement. Someone who's long lost their memories may still be able to play their favorite song on the piano thanks to the cerebellum. Music even affects the hypothalamus, which maintains the body's nervous system, hormones, mood, desire. And as such, music has the power to lower blood pressure, to inspire, encourage, so much more. There's this other fantastic study from Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut, and it details the, quote, transcendent psychophysiological moment of musical experience, unquote. The most common responses of those affected by music in this way were tears, 24% of participants, chills and or shivers, 10% of participants, and is it piloerection or piloerection? I don't know. I know that sounds really (laughs) questionable, but it means goose flesh, goosebumps, only 5%. That moment where the shivers hit your spine or the goosebumps take you over is called frisson. And it's a French term meaning aesthetic chills. And it feels like waves of pleasure running all over your skin. Apparently, some researchers have even dubbed it a skin orgasm. (laughs) I think I've talked about this before. I know I've mentioned it before because this is the great dopamine rush, the musical dopamine addiction. It's all about creating a surprising musical moment that deviates from the expected in a positive way. That's what happens That's what takes place when people feel this. And it's not something that's intentional. When I'm writing a song or working on music, I'm not thinking, oh, I want to create a goosebump moment. I mean, that's awesome if it happens. And perhaps I don't even feel it, but you might. It's very difficult to say why we all feel these individual sensations differently from one person to the next. But researchers from USC released a study suggesting about 50% of people feel this wave of euphoria when listening to a musical moment they love. 
And the brains of those who feel this apparently have a much higher volume of fibers connecting their auditory cortex to the areas of the brain that process emotion. So does this mean those of us who feel this feeling experience emotion more intensely in general? Are we destined to feel things all the more, good or bad? The study that I mentioned earlier, that one from Wesleyan University, goes into extreme detail about the emotional connection between music and feeling, explaining that music involves the, quote, whole person, cognitive, emotional, sensational, and behavioral at once, unquote. And there's so much more in these studies, too. Neurobiological mechanisms, musical frisson inducers. They detail what's necessary to elicit a response from an enthusiastic listener. It's all very interesting and intriguing, and I'm sure it's, it's very, very real. Because I feel this. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. If it's really true that only 50% of the population gets this sensation, oh, I wish I could share that with the rest. I wish I could feel it myself and touch another and transfer that feeling. Is that like an X-Men thing <laughs> or like a, a superhero thing where you can share your experiences in that way with someone else? But I wish I could do that because there's nothing like it. It's really true that it's like a drug or feels like this wave of, of something you can't control. And the crazy thing is I know where I can get that feeling every single time. There are songs that consistently, every single time, bring me into that wave of euphoria. Everlasting Nothing by Beck. The fantastic bridge of that song where the gospel choir comes in. Such emotion. That song has a lot of melancholy in it, but I think that's why it hits me hard too. Big Time Sensuality by Bjork. I did a whole random deep dive about that song. There is this remarkable, sparkling, rotating arpeggio, and it's very warm sounding, and it flutters through the chorus when she says, it takes courage to enjoy it, the hardcore and the gentle big time sensuality. And I love that I think she's talking about everything in life, not just sensuality or sexuality or whatever, or intimacy. She's talking about the world. She's talking about your life. And when I hear that spiraling, circling arpeggio that goes all around the speakers from the left to the right and the front to the back. There's something about that moment sonically that just hits me and I'm like, yes, and it just rises me up and I feel like I'm floating. Hurricanes, Dido. There's a moment after she sings the chorus a second time and it's very quiet through the first part of that whole song. And then all of a sudden, this crescendo sweeps in and the beat's heavier and you feel it start to rise. And every time I hear this, let me face hurricanes, it gives me so much power. I love running, listening to that song. Journey's End, Roger Taylor. I need to do a random deep dive about this. You guys, Roger's my favorite queen. This is his best solo song. I don't know if I've listened to everything he's done. There's a lot, but I've listened to a lot of what he's done. And this song, which I think he wrote, was it 2016? 
It was after Bowie died, and he was thinking about that and probably about his own mortality, I'm sure. And he wrote this song, and it's fantastic. The end of it is this wonderful thing that just fades out and seems to carry on forever. It's great because he comes in with these harmony vocals, and it's this glissando that just resolves at the end into this beautiful chord, and it just floats forever. I love it. I love the atmosphere. I love the sentiment. I can't listen to it sometimes because it almost makes me want to cry. It's just that good. And it blows my mind that this guy who wrote some of the hardest rock and songs in Queen wrote this thing that is so touching and sentimental and <laughs> poignant. It's, it's, there's something about it, I'm telling you. Break My Stride, Matthew Wilder. This song is very, very old. Is it 84? This was a one-hit wonder and one of the best. Nobody's gonna slow me down. Oh no, I got to keep on moving. Who sampled that song? I forget who sampled that song, but it was a big deal back in like, was it the early 2000s, late 90s? There was, and it's totally escaped my mind. There was a hip hop artist or a rap artist that sampled that song. And I remember telling everybody, they stole that. <laughs> but the truth is that song, that original song, Break My Stride, is one of the most uplifting little encouraging things you're ever going to hear. It's brilliant. Did you guys know that Matthew Wilder went on to produce No Doubt's album, Tragic Kingdom? If you listen to a lot of the instrumentation on that, I don't know, you can hear it. I can hear it. That's a pretty cool little fact. Separator, Radiohead. Radiohead is all about gloom and doom and, and kind of detached and dark. I mean, generally speaking, Everybody jokes in the Radiohead fandom that we're all introverts <laughs> because it's very reflective and melancholy. But this song, something about it, makes it one of the brightest things the guys ever did. And as the chorus cycles through over and over again, that wonderful chord transition through the whole second half of the song, it lifts my spirits. It makes my heart smile. That's another sensation I haven't talked about. There's this heart smiling thing going on in a lot of these songs. I love Separator. Take on me. Aha. Uh -huh. That chorus, you guys, in a day or two. I mean, who doesn't love that song? Come on, tell me. Admit it if you don't, but that song is fantastic. So is the video. One of my favorite songs from a very young age. Wouldn't it be nice, the Beach Boys? The bridge of that song with the key change. And we could be married, we could be married. <sighs> it's so happy. It's, yes, it's cliche, it's cheesy. But these guys were so good. Their harmonies, their arrangement, absolutely solid performances. Sing, sing, sing with a swing, Benny Goodman. I think the first time I really fell in love with that song was when I watched the movie Swing Kids. And the arrangement, the performance in that particular film is phenomenal. I love swing music like that. And Sing, Sing, Sing is probably my very favorite number in that genre. Clocks, Coldplay. Clocks made me fall in love with Coldplay. I remember hearing their performance on Jay Leno. My mom had the show on. I was like, what is that? I'm kind of ashamed I didn't know about Yellow first. But Clocks is what caught me into them. That riff, that fantastic rhythm, the arrangement of that, it's so addicting. It was very unique at the time too. There was this atmospheric quality to it. Coldplay is so great. I love how melodic their stuff is. And there's something about Chris Martin's vocals that's very raw and genuine that I really appreciate. I love his emotion. Angel, massive attack. This is a stark contrast to pretty much anything else on this list, actually, as I go through it. Angel's very dark. 
It's very disturbing. I love the bass, though, you guys. I love it when the guitars crash in about a third of the way through the song. Maybe it's about a quarter of the way through, and the beat's crashing and pounding. That's one of my favorite running songs, too. There's something about it. You are my angel. Oh, that vocal performance, what was his name, the vocalist? Such a fantastic job. Such a great tone for it, too. But I love the music in that song. I love the atmosphere. Father to son, queen. <gasps> like that whole song gets me going. But really, the moment that I really love is where the key change happens. And Freddie goes, take this letter that I give you. And he goes through that whole section, take it sunny, all and I. And then we get that fabulous riff from Brian. And I totally screwed that up, but I don't care. It is one of my favorite moments in the guy's entire catalog. And it's why I love that song more than any other. Claire DeLune, Claude Debussy. If I was going to pick a song that affected me more than any of the others I've mentioned so far, or anything else I haven't even remembered to mention, it's this one. I fell in love with this number as its original piano-only composition arrangement. I even learned, I taught myself how to play a good portion of the beginning of it on the piano, but then it gets really tough and there's all those runs. And unless you know how to mechanically play correctly, it's very hard to tackle this song. But then I heard the full orchestra arrangement and I searched high and low for the best recording of it I could find. And you guys, to hear the strings, the harp, it's like another world. I swear there are moments that I feel like God is speaking through music and it's not even spiritual music as it were. It's, it's very just worldly, sometimes even flat out secular stuff. And I feel like there's something weighted in the song that just screams, there is something more than the life we're in now. I can't explain it. Claire de Lune, though, makes me feel everything. It makes me feel this incredible nostalgia for stuff that's happened, stuff that hasn't happened yet, for the good, for the sadness, for the joy, for the darkness, for the, the hope, all of it. I, I feel everything when I hear that full orchestra arrangement of that song. And this is all back to that dopamine effect. It's all back to the amygdala. And when you get those moments that lift you so high off the ground... You swear you're in another place, another time, and you know you can always rely on it. You can always go back to it and say, this is my happy place. This is why music has the power. It has the power to help people. People that can hear a song immediately go back to a time or a place or remember a person. That's how powerful this is. It's like magic. I love it. And I wonder if you feel this kind of stuff too, does it help us connect to things or understand things or relate to people or do we consider things more? Obviously, we feel things more. I know I do. I, I feel everything way too much. I wrote a song, It Feels, for that very reason. Yes, I was thinking about a particular topic for the song, but in general, everything just feels more. I've always wondered, do I feel things more than this person or that person. Because so many people seem to have it all together, even when life is really, really tough and I fall to pieces. Yes, I can pick myself up and, and keep going and I resolve to do the best I can despite the challenges, but maybe that's why. Maybe because we get hit so hard and we fall down so, so far, 
we're all the more encouraged when some brightness gets through the cracks. But I just wonder how this helps us relate to each other. People who experience this effect, do we relate to each other differently in a way that transcends the typical human interaction? I don't know, I'm getting super psychological now, but I wanted to talk about this for a very long time because I've been reading all these studies for a while. I think my mom sent me one a few years ago and I was so fascinated. And I'm surprised that it's only this recently that this kind of information is coming out, but there's, there's still a lot of speculation as to why people experience this and others don't. But it goes back to there are perhaps different fibers in the brain that connect these interactions to the point where it's almost like sensory overload. We simply can't contain it, so it's gotta go somewhere. And it goes everywhere. It goes to our skin, it goes down our spine, it, it, it goes to our heart. That is such a crazy thing. The heart's not, not a, a brain. It, it, it can't think. It, it can't really feel. But you guys, I swear, when I get this feeling, it, it just feels like my heart is happy. It's this warm, happy thing. And again, I wish I could share it with you. If, if you don't have that experience, I wish I could share it with you. But that is it. That is the great dopamine addiction. The musical dopamine effect, I wanted to talk about it. And I probably didn't cover enough. But some of those songs I mentioned to you guys, tell me if you love them. Have you heard them? Do you think they're awesome? Are there others that you love? You go, oh my gosh, this is like the best thing ever. Because it's not the same for everybody. There's no consistency from one person to the next. Yes, songs that are known to elicit an emotional response, especially established songs from the classical era, are often used to test case studies because people know those songs. So they're more there is a constant there. Generally speaking, fans of music, especially enthusiastic fans of music who are familiar with musical history, know a lot of these numbers from the 1700s, the 1800s, etc. So if you use those as a base, it's a good place to start. But isn't it funny that we all feel this differently? So even if we feel the same kind of sensations, the moment in a song that affects us the most is vastly different from one person to the next. If you ever find someone who feels the same thing you do in that respect in the same moment, hold on to that person <laughs> because that gives you a little something to latch onto together. It's a bonding experience. I can't imagine anything more awesome than that than to have that moment and look at each other and be like, did you feel that right there? Because I did. Anyway, keep yourselves alive. Keep yourselves alive with music. Do something with this. Put together a little project for yourself. Make a list of those songs that make you happy or sad. I was reading in these studies that the sad songs are often the ones that elicit more stronger responses because I suppose it just awakens those feelings of loss so much more. Speaking from personal experience, I can tell you guys, I remember a lot of traumatic moments from my really young childhood more than some of the others. And I think it's because it hits you really, really hard. When you become very upset or frightened or you lose something, that's a strong thing. That's a powerful thing. So when I say something like, you know, Roger Taylor's Journey's End affects me to the point where Depending on the day, I don't even want to listen to it, although I think it's one of the most gorgeous things ever. That's what I'm talking about, is it kind of makes me want to cry 
But Claire de Lune makes me cry too. And that's a different sensation. That's that's that nostalgia. Again, that's that wave of everything I've ever had in my life and not even had yet hitting me all at once. It's this really strange, phenomenal, incredible feeling. I'll probably talk about this again. I want to expand on this some more. I'm super fascinated by how things in the world affect us on a very psychological, physiological, emotional level. I'm super fascinated by that and the human psyche and how it affects us. And it does very much our experience in life, what we've been through, where we've been, how our childhood was, ties into how we react to music like this. So I suppose when we feel that wonderful heart smiling thing, it's us hoping for that kind of joy all the time, which is unrealistic, but it's still something we can hope for. All right, guys, I'll talk to you again later. I'm super happy that I got a little break here from Queen, but I'm coming right back to it, you guys. I'm super stoked to start the next round of dives because it's one of my favorite albums ever. But until next time, be well, be happy, get the music in you, find something you love, find me somebody to love, find, you know what I'm saying? That's the album we're talking about, by the way. Okay, guys, until next time.